where you are at one point of your life doesn't dictate where you need to be forever. And so I keep those two letters together literally in my office. Uh, they're right next to each other. Um, and after I got that letter, it, that really kind of hit me hard, um, telling me what a failure I was and, and just reinforcing what my guidance counselor told me. You know, you're not college material. It was at that point a light kind of triggered in my brain. It's like, if I keep going down this path, I am going to be what she told me I was unless I decide to reset my mindset and find something that I want to do for the rest of my life. Hi, I'm Scott Hefner, and this is Finding Your Sweet Spot. It's a show about real people with real stories of discovering that optimal space when it comes to their health and wellness, and how their core values influence their decisions concerning activity, nutrition, and self-care. My hope is that there are others who can relate in some way to these examples. And the stories shared here can help those who are on their own journey to finding their sweet spot. So let's go. A number of years had passed since I first visited where I was headed next. And I was excited to make a return to the headquarters of someone who many consider the godfather of personal training in Kansas City. I'm Greg Justice, and uh, I own a company called AYC Health and Fitness. AYC stands for At Your Convenience. We are Kansas City's original personal fitness training center, uh, established in May of 1986, fresh out of graduate school with no job, no money, and no idea what the future bring, but I had an idea, and, uh, and I went for it. So uh, that's my story. But there's way more to this story. It all started while Greg was just a young boy. Well, it actually goes all the way back. I can vividly remember the moment that fitness became part of my mindset. And that was as an eight-year-old child. This is 1968. I was homesick with strep throat one day. And lying on my Aunt Ruth's couch, I turned TV on. And on the screen popped up this crazy-looking guy doing crazy-looking physical things, and his name was Jack LaLanne. Many people are probably familiar with this name in the health and exercise world, but for those who have never heard of Jack LaLanne, he was, and still is, an icon of the fitness industry. And, and at age eight, it was such a vivid, I still can see myself on that couch and watching this guy do something that mesmerized me. And from that point on, I was hooked on fitness deep in my core. This moment would influence Greg throughout many facets of his life, starting with his early athletic career. And, uh, you know, I grew up uh, through high school as a wrestler, and that was my sport. And then in college, judo which is a lot of people don't understand that martial art is very similar to wrestling. And there was a club team uh, in my college and uh, got right into judo through college and through graduate school. And it was just part of my life. And that's uh, kind of how I got into fitness because of Jack LaLanne at that early age and just carried it throughout my um, athletic career in wrestling uh, and judo. His success in wrestling and judo 
would keep him focused throughout his formal education years. Because as he explains, initially his academics weren't quite as successful. I was 17 um, uh, when I started college, very immature, um, and uh, didn't realize you actually had to go to class. <laughs> I thought I'm all grown up now, I'm in college, what do I need to go to class for? Well, the reason you need to go to class is to actually learn and get grades. <laughs> uh, and after my second year there, I got a, a letter from the college with a notification that I was being put on academic probation because of a stellar 1.4 GPA. <laughs> you almost have to work to get that kind of a, a low GPA, <clears throat> but there's a reason behind that as well. And that reason really started to give me an idea of what was behind the drive that propelled Greg throughout his career and his life. My senior year of high school, uh, you know, you go in and visit with your guidance counselors and kind of lay out a game plan for the rest of your life, right? And so I can vividly remember the discussion I had with my guidance counselor about college. And she blatantly said to me, Greg, I just don't think you're college material. You should probably start looking for a trade. Now, I don't think she meant any ill intent. But, but when a 17-year-old kid hears that, um, <clears throat> I took it to heart. You know, she was the authority. I was this young punk 17-year-old kid. What did I know, right? And so I allowed her to dictate my next couple of years, my mindset, because I believed and lived what she told me of who I was. This really stuck with Greg for a couple of years after he graduated high school. But as hard as that was for him to grapple with, he didn't let it dictate his life for long. After that second year and getting that letter, and I still have that letter in my files, um, and it's right next to another letter uh, completing my graduate work with a 4.0 GPA and on the president's list. So I keep those two letters together because where you are at one point of your life doesn't dictate where you need to be forever. And so I keep those two letters together literally in my office. Uh, they're right next to each other. Um, and after I got that letter, it, that really kind of hit me hard. Um, telling me what a failure I was and, and just reinforcing what my guidance counselor told me. It was at that point a light kind of triggered in my brain. It's like, if I keep going down this path, I am going to be what she told me I was. Unless I decide to reset my mindset and find something that I want to do for the rest of my life. So he transferred to Moorhead State in eastern Kentucky, where he was majoring in mining technology and even worked in the coal mines to pay his way through college. And the deep coal mines, I mean, I went down and far back and, you know, walked bent over with the light on. And <laughs> it was an interesting uh, transition from being a lifeguard before to now <laughs> working in, in the coal mines. And there was a vivid moment he realized he wasn't going to be a coal miner for the rest of his life. During one of the breaks, uh, we had our lunch break and then we'd take a little rest and turn our lights off and kick back and close our eyes and just relax. It's nice and cool underground. 
And um, all of a sudden, I felt something crawling over my leg and heard this little pitter patter and, and kind of popped up, turned my light on, and see this rat going across because, you know, they're in there after the leftovers from the lunch. <laughs> and, you know, here I am, probably two or three miles deep into the face of the earth and thinking, this isn't something that I'm going to be uh, you know, seeing as my long-term future, you know, again, this just can't be what life is about for me, you know, laying there with the rats in the deep coal mines of eastern Kentucky. And again, you know, God bless those that, that do it and have done it. Um, it just wasn't for me. It was also during this time that he changed his major to exercise science and started to see his path to success. It wasn't called exercise science back then, but for all intents and purposes, that's what it was. And then that's when I started getting pretty much straight A's because they were subjects that interested me, that I could see a future in. And the future for the fitness industry was just beginning to take shape with an abundance of racquetball courts, expanding gym chains, and a boom of aerobics classes like Jazzercise. But Greg never forgot what he learned from his first mentor. Um, but I kind of went back to my roots of the Jack LaLanne, uh, you know, philosophy of what he preached. And, and it's like, yeah, this is so much in line with what I believe and what I learned from a fitness perspective with wrestling and judo. And it was combining resistance work and cardiovascular work into one nice little package. When I started in the industry, they would tell you separate the two. Never the two should be combined. Do your weights first, then if you want to and you're not too tired, then go run, right? But don't, don't fuse them together. It's like, that just doesn't make sense to me because of my upbringing with wrestling and judo. It's like, that is metabolic. You know, you're fighting a resistance and you're getting very winded. And then going back to the Jack LaLanne philosophy of do your sets, but rest very little between them and keep going. And it's like, wow, you are getting a resistance, good pump, and you're also getting a good cardiovascular workout. So I kind of bucked the trend of the early 80s of what they said was the right way to do it and was doing what I knew instinctively. And now, you know, 37 years later, all the research backs up that that is certainly the most efficient way. And, um, uh, and you know, we've, we're in our 37th year in business here at AYC Health and Fitness. 37 years and counting of operating a successful fitness business, as well as being a partner in two other business ventures, including book publishing and manufacturing fitness equipment, I'd have to believe that there are plenty of people out there that are thankful he didn't take his high school counselor's advice. The conversation then turned toward how his core values guide his decisions in life. Yeah, well, first and foremost, I'm a, I'm a man of faith. And I believe, it, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard of the Fs, you know, faith and family and fitness. And those are three absolute non-negotiables for me. I mean, my, my faith is why I feel uh, like I am where I am today uh, and feel more than blessed you know, beyond what I deserve, certainly. Um, and then my family, you know, I've been married for, uh, see, my first date with my wife was a Friday the 13th, 1979, July 13th. So uh, 40-some years ago, 
It was our first date. We've been married 38, 37, 38 years. Got three kids. Um, you know, they are behind my faith. They are, uh, you know, priority. Uh, and then certainly fitness, because without fitness, uh, I can't be the man I need to be on any level. Um, I can't, uh, you know, provide. I can't um, have a quality of life that, that I feel is important. Um, and so I, I can't be the person I need to be without my faith, my family, and my fitness. And this alignment of core values goes far beyond his own health and into the lives of those he works with. And I like to say I'm in the business of making dreams come true. And that can be from a client that comes to you with a goal. And, you know, clients are willing to share with you their goals much more than they're willing to share with you their dreams. But what you have to do when you're talking to a client and when they start talking about their goals, you start building those relationships where they start to share their dreams with you. And I'll just give you an example or two. Um, so... He talked about the woman who initially comes in having a goal of losing 25 pounds. So the dream behind that goal is for her to rekindle her relationship with her husband. Or the young boy who comes in saying he wants to get bigger and stronger. And so the, the, the dream may be I never want to be bullied again. Or the new author looking to publish their first book. But the dream is to share their story and to get it out to the world. So I've always believed that that's what I'm in the business of doing, is to help make dreams come true. There was one final characteristic to his core values that tied into both his own health and the health of his businesses. Yeah, that would be, because um, I, I think it all ties in. I, I like to say that after I got my uh, master's degree and started my business, I got my Ph.D., and that Ph.D. stands for, as my wife will tell you, pig-headed determination. <laughs> so, so, yeah, my wife will tell you that, that I am definitely pig-headedly determined <clears throat> for whatever I set out to do, and... Um, uh, and, and I think you have to sometimes put blinders on and know that what you're doing is right, even though those around you, even those that, that don't mean you any harm. Craig had a couple of good quotes from those who wanted to support him, but just didn't quite see his vision in the beginning. I will just say this, Craig, you're 24 years old. You're at a great age to fail. She looked at it and says, you mean one person at a time? A and people are going to pay you for that? He said, you're going to have to move to Los Angeles or New York City because that will never work here in Kansas City. In fairness, you know, no one, no one had a clue at that time. But in those early days, it was a somewhat crazy idea on paper. But I had a vision. I could see how something like this could work because I've been in the industry long enough to see that you work at a club, you go and help somebody on the floor, you turn around to go help somebody else, you look back and it's like 10 seconds later they're already doing it incorrectly again. That's how injuries occur. So I saw the path forward for this. I had the vision and then I had my PhD, big-headed determination to not take no for an answer. And I went through a lot of uh, knows before I got to a few yeses and then the, the 
snowball occurred. So what then, according to Greg, is the sweet spot? You know, I think that really the sweet spot just is all about mindset. Because you know, everything starts with the six inches between your ears. And that mindset of whether you say, I can do something or I can't, whether it be business, weight loss, something physical, and being willing to try things that perhaps maybe others wouldn't. So it's okay to, to do things that people say are against the grain or, or stupid or you know, you're crazy or whatever. But if you have belief in yourself and you're willing to put in the work, um, then I think whatever you believe in your mind will manifest. He offered one more quote from another iconic figure, Henry Ford, that really drives home this idea of believing in yourself. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So as a 62-year-old health professional who has been active for a very long time and currently doing American Ninja Warrior-type workouts, what could he tell others who doubt they could get healthier? Move. It doesn't have to be American Ninja Warrior. It doesn't have to be running a marathon, which is, I can think of nothing less appealing than running a marathon, personally. <laughs> but but it, it just has to be movement. Circulation is life. You've got to get that blood circulating through the body. And it can be a something, something as simple as functional movement. Standing up and sitting down in a chair. Walking upstairs. Walking around the block. Just do something. If you want to live, you've got to move. And the mental side of it? Again, this goes all the way back to that the high school thing, and I, and I learned that lesson, would share that, and would encourage everyone to take to heart not to allow other people to determine your outcome or your future. You know, that mindset is critical to your success in whatever avenue you decide to pursue. Again, whether it's business, whether it's weight loss, whether it's a sporting event, it's the six inches between the ears and the belief in yourself whether you can or can't do something that will allow you to do something. The conversation came to a close. First with what I felt to be an incredibly profound statement. And finally, with a story that came full circle. From an eight-year-old boy on the couch watching his idol do amazing things on television to later being a mentor who practiced what he preached all throughout his life. Uh, there are a lot of people that live too short and die too long. In other words, you know, modern medicine can keep you alive a long time in a very poor state of health, right? I want to not only live a long time, but live well a long time. Going back to the mindset and the belief in yourself, Jack LaLanne would do milestone birthday events. And, you know, he started when he was 40 years old, and he, uh, I think, was the first to swim Alcatraz to San Francisco and did all these amazing um, uh, feats of strength and endurance. And the last one he did at age 70. Now, I want you to let this sink in for a minute as I go through this. Because at age 70, he swam one and a half miles in the Long Beach Harbor, 
handcuffed, feet shackled, pulling 70 boats with 70 people a mile and a half in the Long Beach Harbor fighting currents and cold water. Took him two and a half hours because he believed he could. And the process, and we write about it in the book, of the mindset of what he had to go through to get himself in that place to do it. But he never doubted for a minute that he was going to do it. And that's the key, is that belief in yourself. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Finding Your Sweet Spot is written, edited, and produced by Scott Hefner. Music composition and sound design by Hefner Wellness Productions. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, please subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating or write a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It really helps people find the show and spread the word to others who may be inspired by what they hear. Check out the show notes where you can click on any of the links to learn more about Hefner Wellness, my guests, and other resources. You've been listening to Finding Your Sweet Spot.